back. Season five, Basic Snitches. I'm Tara. I'm Adam. Yay. We read four books and now we're going to do a fifth. We are a yeah. fifth of whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. Always. The other day I took a shot of rum. I haven't done that ever. Why did you do that? Because that's what Stephanie had. Oh. <laughs> That's okay, I did a shot of tequila the other day, so I really Ooh, have no... That's even worse. Yeah, I can't judge. We're back on our bullshit. Yeah, we are. We're reading, we're drinking. Nothing has changed, except for lots of change. As you may have noticed, we are sort of trying to create somewhat of a structure. If you remember our recap from the last season, we talked about a few things. You can still email us at basicsnitches.gmail.com. You can still go to our Instagram and Facebook, but now we have a website. Hell yes. And it should be basicsnitches.com. I say that because I think the domain is available and I'm purchasing it tomorrow. <laughs> so, so by the time this is published, it will be out there. Yeah. So if you go to basicsnitches.com and it's like a retailer of fine meats and cheeses, instead go to basicsnitchespodcast.com. So we have an actual website, which is kind of cool. That makes us a little bit more real, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I've always been pretend, so now I'm real. She really has always been pretend. <laughs> Most of the time, I just sit here and I'm like, all right, let me see if I can like summon Tara. Because imagination brings me forth. And I here take I am. a potato and I tie it to a string and whirl around my head, and then she like materializes on my couch. Now you know how to drink all my alcohol. Oh my God, what if people start doing that and then I appear in their living rooms? And you're already like I'm, super busy. I know, but I'm really popular, so everyone's going Well, to maybe it only works for me. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> also, and. We have a Patreon now. We do. Patreon.com slash basic snitches. I'm pretty sure that's what it that is. That might be how it works. But there's links and things out there. Or basic snitches.patreon.com. I don't know. Patreon basic Literally snitches. just Google Patreon and basic snitches if you don't like the way we're saying this. Or go to our website. There's a link there. Yes. Our website. Unless it's, you know, like a porn website and it should be basic snitches podcast.com. Yes. And go there. Yeah. Oh, and maybe by the time this is published, it'll be live, but we are also working on getting some merch out there. Yeah. More on that. That'll be on the website, too. Yay! So, look at that. We are actually, like, doing things Yeah, we're a real podcast now. Yeah. Real in the way that, you know, we've been here for five seasons, and we're just now acknowledging that. We're buttoning ourselves up a little bit. Uh, here's the thing. We both have jobs. Technically, we both have multiple jobs. Some I of us. Work. Tara literally has like seven. No. Seven jobs, one for each book. Her f- jobs are actually her horcruxes. <laughs> We're never killing those horcruxes. Or maybe we can. The only way to, to get work to, anymore. The only way to murder Tara is to get her to quit all seven of her jobs. <laughs> and that's never going to happen. And so, I really want people to murder me. So this is not working well, in my favor. This, it's all your fault. <laughs> This does obviously take time. It takes time for us to read the chapters, make our notes. Tara does a lot more prep than I do, too. She usually reads the chapters or listens to the chapters twice. Of course, I edit. But I don't take as many notes, so it's all in my brain. I'm like, I need to get this I have to spontaneously do it. I feel like it's more authentic coming from me when I'm, like, spontaneous about it. And if there's something that I really want to make sure that I'm saying correctly, then I'll take a note about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so not me. I, I, I have a notebook. To make but... sure I know exactly what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, I edit, and that takes sometimes a couple hours to do. We pay for the hosting of the podcast and the hosting of the site, respectively. Tara does the podcast I do site. We buy a lot of wine to, you know, get our go-go juice sure flowing. Did. Although this, I think, is birthday present wine. I think oh, someone gave cool. me this for my birthday. Thank you. Whoever. I'm pretty sure this is being published in September and my birthday was June, but you know. Time is time. 
a thing that happens. What is happens. that? We're not trying to do this to just, like, be a cash cow. Like, we want to continue making this podcast yeah. a quality thing for you all to listen to. And this makes it a little bit easier on yeah. us. So, And it's kind of fun to put together, I think. It is. It's totally fun. Obviously, it has to be because we've been doing this for four seasons now. Yeah. Paying out of pocket and using all of our time to edit just because we want to share our thoughts and this journey with other people. And, you know, we weren't doing it for anything other than this is something we like and this is how we have to get it out there. Yeah. And, like, I still like doing it. It Surprisingly, I'm not sick of you. I'm sick of me, so that's fine. (laughs) You will also notice we are making a few tweaks to the podcast format. Nothing major, but, like, hopefully you notice that it's a little bit more cleaned up, maybe. And what'd you say? I said hopefully. Oh, yes. Hopefully. We'll see. I might abandon all this later when I'm editing and be like, nah. Also, we are planning on doing periodic special episodes, too, which I think we also had mentioned at one point. So so it's not always going to be a chapter episode, but there will be like little surprises and nuggets and other ways for us to explore the series. You can choose what kind of nuggets you'd like. Our nuggets, regular nuggets, spicy nuggets. All the nuggets are great. Yes. And today we're reading chapter one. (laughs) Of Order of the Phoenix, Dudley Demented. Dudley Demented. Before we get into today's episode, though, I do want to acknowledge our patrons from our Patreon. Right now, we have one patron, and that is Nisi B. Thank you so much, Nisi. We really appreciate your support. So, all of the rest of you out there, be like Nisi. You can subscribe for $3 a month at patreon.com slash basicsniches for exclusive content and shoutouts in each episode. Do keep in mind, we do record ahead of time, so it may take a while before you are mentioned, but we'll be sure to reach out to you as soon as you join. Adam's going to read a thing that I'm literally going to send him right now because I forgot to send it to him that I wrote. So... Um, but no, first you have to do winner loser. There is no winner loser. Oh. This is chapter that's one. That's right. I guess there isn't. I think in past seasons you just kind of picked a loser and winner in life. Oh, did I? Well, yeah. I could do that right now. Sure. That could be fun. So a winner or loser in life in general right now, I would say based on today, the winner of today is my boss because she is on the fucking beach. She gets to win today. Cool, solid. Sucks for me. Win good, for her. Good job. Uh, yeah. Karen. What's her name? Joy. Joy. Um, Shout out to Joy. Right? Who's the loser? Loser is man. Um, man. I'm happy yeah. with that Men answer. in general. Men yes. lose. I work with a lot of men who would always lose. I am a man and I also lose. If I worked with you, you would not lose because you are delightful. Oh, thank you. But there's a thing. Adam's going to read it. I wrote it. It was bad. Chapter one. It's hot. Super fucking hot. And Harry Potter is doing the only logical thing to cope with the heat. Lying in the dirt behind a bush under an open window. This kid is fucking weird. Anyway, after pissing off his aunt and uncle just by existing, Harry goes for a walk and reflects on the dumpster fire that is his life. A few weeks ago, he watched the creep who murdered his parents come back to life. Then he's tortured and nearly killed himself. Then the school year ends and he just gets sent back to Muggleland like nothing happened. So he's clearly in a really great place mentally and emotionally. While wandering the neighborhood, he comes across Dudley and his gang. But even though he'd really like to let some aggression out on all of them, he only gets as far as shouting insults back and forth with Dudley, 
before everything suddenly goes dark. Out of nowhere, Harry and Dudley get a nice visit from the sheets with a hole, and suddenly it's no longer super fucking hot. Harry manages to produce a stag, and he rescues his cousin from the soul-sucking assholes, but, like, this shit shouldn't be happening, right? And as if not enough happens in this chapter, we get a nice visit at the end from Mrs. Fig, the crazy cat lady neighbor, revealing that she ain't no born-ass muggle resident of little baby. Thank you. Yay! Well done. That wasn't tor- tor- torrible. It wasn't torrible. Terrible, it was horrible. horrible. So yeah, that happened. Do you agree with me? This is the most action-filled chapter one. It one hundred percent is. I was like, like, holy shit, this happens right away and then i was like well what else did i think happened this is something that we talked about before we started recording but like this is the very first time sort of because the last book like you had pointed out does start not focused on harry in the last book but we always do get kind of like a recap of like harry potter is a magical boy and he lives with dish i can't say words i I was about to say dish rags i meant (laughs) douchebags living with dish rags (laughs) Yeah, living with dish rags. <laughs> and that, so that's how usually they open. It changes here where we don't get that, I think, because we have now crossed the threshold over into something completely new. It, and there's too much to recap at this yeah. point. If you want to pick up the series with this book, don't. It's ironic because this is the first book I actually bought. This is the first book that came out that I was like actively interested in Harry Potter when it came out. Like I read the first four books and then I went to the big like... This book just came out. Party. They used to do this thing in Hudson, Ohio, where they turned everything into Diagon Alley and we dressed up and stuff. And so this was the first book like that for me. Mm-hmm. They do a little bit of recapping in this chapter, but it's about what happened in the last book. It's about what happened in the last book, and I think it's folded in more. It's not it as is. much as like, let's rewind. Let me introduce yeah. you to everything. It's done in a little bit more of a natural way, I think. And it's important because you have to remember, like, what this is picking up off of. I mean, you mentioned it Did we forget? (laughs) (laughs) In the last book, Cedric is murdered, and then Voldemort comes back, and he's torched everything that you said in your thing, and then he's whisked away to go live back with the Muggles, and he has no connection or no lifeline back into the magic world. And that's kind of where we find him here. Mm -hmm. Like, the best thing that he can do is, like, listen into the news. To the Muggle news. Yeah and look for something because he's not getting anything from Daily Prophet. He isn't getting any information from his friends because they can't put anything in a letter yeah. unless it gets intercepted. They're literally just sending him letters that saying, hi, we can't tell you anything. Okay, yeah. well, stop sending me fun. Keep calm letters. and carry on. There's a lot of frustration in this chapter is really what this chapter is. But it <clears> makes <throat> sense. Like, it's frustration that almost needs to happen based on how the world has changed. And just also how Harry's life specifically is going. The way his life is handled by other people because he's a child. Something else I get a lot from this, and especially in this chapter in comparison to the next one, is anytime we're around the Dursleys, I would say keeping up appearances. Oh my god, so much of that in There's this the chapter. There's the fucking buckets, yeah. The buckets as in, like, hyacinth bouquet, etc. Yeah. And you definitely get that in this whole thing of, like, the facade of normalcy that he's experiencing. Keeping up appearances is actually going to be a major theme in this fucking book because mm-hmm. of what happens later and the way that the ministry glosses over things and one character in particular that... I refuse to already name this early. Yeah, I was like purposely left that bitch out of this chapter. I mean, if you know, you know. And you probably You do, you know. 
in particular, where it really comes up is the ignorance of Vernon Petunia in the reality of what their son is doing. Yes. Just to kind of like start at the beginning of the chapter, um, just kind of take everyone through this. The beginning is obviously what I talked about in the recap was Harry laying outside listening to the news or whatever. And then being like weird about that. They're like, what teenage boy wants to listen to the news? Which I think is really stupid. And then of course, suddenly... There's that crack, and then Harry's like, um, is that someone disapparating? And then he doesn't successfully get out from underneath the window. He, like, hits his head on the window, and then Vernon is assaulting him. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm just laying out on your grass, motherfucker. Is that okay? Let's do talk about, though, how he heard that backfiring car in mm-hmm. air quotes. And he knew what it was. And he knew what it was. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he is so eager for some sort of sign from the magical world don't be too eager because you're about to get right a couple signs. Yeah, but in this moment, that's when they're like, "Oh no, we can't talk about this. The windows open. Yeah, the neighbors will hear us talk about abnormality." Mm-hmm. Didn't his car hurt in this moment too? Was it his car? Or was it him like literally cracking his head on the window? That's probably what it was then. May have misread that a little bit. I'm like, "Oh, Harry's forehead hurts. It must be this car." <laughs> it is later on when he's like reflecting back about Ron and Hermione and and he's thinking like, you know, his scar has been kind of like twinging and stuff. And he is like thinking that they would be like, oh, well, that's just normal now. He's back. It's just going to happen all the time. Yeah, that's exactly what I was just going to say. Like the status quo has changed. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to start feeling it differently than you did before. Now, when you did say the thing about how, oh, you're just like laying in the grass and uh, like Vernon starts assaulting him. And being like, what the hell are you doing? Harry says, I was just listening to the news. And Mm. the assumption, well, nothing about your people are on the news. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, we see, we bring it to you every book. Uh, They, that he knows nothing about the magical world. um, Yeah. And he only makes these assumptions. I mean, he sort of knows nothing. As we will learn in the next chapter, There are some things that the Dursleys are a little bit aware of, at the very least. Right. I feel like, and I mean, this is me, an appreciation of the series. But wouldn't you think, you know this world exists. It's not like you're mutually exclusive, because Harry is right here. You know at least a little bit about the Right, you can't just be like, this world really doesn't actually exist. It really fucking does. It, It does, and it does coincide with yours. Based on who your wife is and your wife's background yeah. and everything. Of course, we get a little bit more into that throughout this chapter, but also into the next one of like just assuming, oh, well, this is how things are done. And like, yes, there are some fucking weird things that happen in the wizarding world, as we will probably discuss sometime this season, not only in like chapter episodes, but in some of the special episodes. It's not like it's mutually exclusive. I think it's actually the next chapter where it's like, your world has a government. Almost like, how do you expect things to be structured although i mean look at our lives today our lives really structured by government (sighs) the same typical dursley picking and choosing of like the things that they want to understand and what they don't and of course one of the big things i glossed over it earlier is like the whole thing of like dudley going to tea with all of his friends while he's out destroying their neighborhood honestly how can you be so blind and it's turning the other cheek to him vandalizing the local playground one of your amenities in your neighborhood is fucked up because of your son and it's all about you know the neatly manicured lawns blah, blah 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 and then down at the end of the street there's this playground that you guys don't even realize is a sack of shit because your son is going there and breaking everything there. A lot of that keeping up appearances. 
Well, and I think that's a big part of keeping up appearances is giving yourself that permission to just be ignorant about the things that you should know about. Mm-hmm. So then Harry is sassy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why are you watching or listening to the news? And Harry's like, well, it changes every day, you see. That's exactly and it. And I'm like, yeah, oh, sassy Harry. And that's like the tip of the iceberg of sassy Harry in this chapter, too. Obviously, this is a bit later, but when he does start going back and forth with Dudley. He's pretty sassy. Like, it shows how much he really has grown over these years. And I mean, we we see it more at a granular level and all the things that he's been through. Of he's course, being he's pushed so hard. He can't be scared of these assholes anymore. Not when, what, he's experienced in the exactly. spring. Then he, like, goes on his way and starts kind kind of wandering and like walking around the neighborhood. He does this overthinking thing, which is far too relatable and familiar. It's very relatable. And so his process kind of goes how first person you've ever heard do that sound was Dobby. And he's like, is Dobby here? I wonder if Dobby's here. Why would Dobby be here? You know, and he's got that process. And then he starts thinking about like the letters from Ron and Hermione and then realizing that Ron and Hermione are together. And he's like got major FOMO about it, mm-hmm. you know? And then just kind of like the indignation about, why am I being in the dark? I'm the one that did, you know, so it gets kind of dark for him. He's like, maybe no one thinks I can handle stuff. And it's, yeah. It's like all normal sort of things to think. Oh God, yeah. It's chronicle so relatable. Whereas like very soon we realize that there is this veil that he isn't seeing where it's in his best interest not to necessarily know what's going on because there's no way to tell him either. I mean, I have feelings about it, but yeah. Oh yes? Yeah, my feelings are... Why did you send this child home and then not talk to him at all? I know Dumbledore gives his reasons at the end of the book, but they're completely bullshit and there are other adults in this situation. And I understand the whole thing about Harry needing to come back, but like, no. That's your case that Harry has to go to the Dursleys. Something needs to be in place for this child. Mm -hmm. He has no one in the world. No one is ignorant to the fact that the Dursleys treat him incorrectly. Everyone should be aware of the fact and should be acknowledging the fact that he's been through a great trauma and we're not going to provide him any fucking support no all of that is correct although i will say i was thinking like what else are they going to do are they going to send him to Sirius or a grim old place or something like that but then as you say that it gets me thinking all of the shit that unfolds that causes the i mean i guess we wouldn't necessarily have a story causes the unfortunate things that unfold in the next few chapters and leading him to his visit at the ministry is because they put him at the dursleys if this had never happened there wouldn't be the need for harry to use the patronus charm and then get expelled and then they roll it back to suspended and then he has to go on this trip to the ministry and blah 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 blah. yeah And like, yes, there's going to be important details that occur during all of that, but it would have been so much easier on him in every fucking way possible if you would have done something, okay, if not with Sirius, send him to the fucking borough. Send him to, I don't know, hey, McGonagall has like a spare bedroom, stay with McGonagall. Harry heard the apparating sound and we find out later what the fuck it was. Wouldn't it have been great had it been like a professor from Hogwarts being like, I'm going to go check on this child. Because Vernon and Petunia are actually not going to be able to stand up to McGonagall or Sprout or Flitwick or Dumbledore. Or, what, if yeah. it, what if it was Trelawney? Oh my God. Like, they're just like the That'd be hilarious. But like, they can't do that. They can't stand up to them. They are wizards. They can do what the fuck they want. And as wizards, who should know? The entire faculty at Hogwarts should know that Harry is not in a good home situation and checking on him is something we can do because we're wizards and we're smarter 
and more powerful than these fucking muggles who are mistreating this child. And are, frankly, kind of stupid as well. They're very stupid. I mean, one of them can fucking visit him while he's wandering around the streets. Oh my god, there's Professor Trelawney. I think she's a psychopath, but I could totally talk to her right now because I need something that's not the fucking mug fucks. Every time I read this chapter, I'm, like, mad about it again. We're right back into needing therapy in the fucking... Oh, I was going to say in the fucking series, but also in real life. Yeah, therapy for everyone. Therapy for everyone, indeed. So he gets to the playground, and yes. he's just, like, straight up chilling, and he sees Big D and his little... Big D and all his friends. All his, like... His, his gang his, of hosts. His, his gang of hoes. Yes, I like that. His squad? Nah, gang of hoes. Squad feels too positive for me. Harry's sitting there and he kind of like watches them walk by and Dudley doesn't even notice, which is kind of interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Because obviously we'll get into the movie shortly. Oh, um, <laughs> they kind of walk on by and then Dudley turns back and that's when Harry's like, hey motherfucker, what's up? I heard you be beating up children's again. And he like really, really gives it to him. The whole thing like, oh, your name is Big D now? It's not like Snuffleupagus or whatever the fuck <laughs> Petunia calls you? Fluffy Duddykins, Fluffy, Fluffy Fucker. Duddy. Floofy, Fluffy, Fluffy. I personally like Floofy Fucker. That's like literally right out of the book. (laughs) And Dudley is like completely powerless because I think after the last few books, what happened with the tongue tongue toffee and the fucking pigtail Mm -hmm. and Marge and all of that. Here we are again. Dudley has kind of learned his lesson. I feel like Dudley is definitely... He's aware. Dudley is the smartest of the Dursleys, which is crazy that we're saying this, Mm -hmm. but it's actually a fact. Dudley has every reason to be wary. And honestly, like, this time what happens to him is not something that is any consequence of Harry and Harry's situation. Because some of these other ones are like, okay, Fred and George, they come over to take Harry onto the Burrow and the Critch World Cup and everything, and they drop it. It's not like anybody is coming to save Harry and, like, pull the fucking window off the wall with the Fort Anglia, or whatever the case may be. It's not that somebody is, like, punishing him. Dudley is just in the wrong place, wrong time instead. Absolutely. Which I kind of like, because we do see that awareness from Dudley at the very least. He's still a douche. But at the very least, he's an aware douche. Not that I'm, like, forgiving the actions of typical teenage boys. But, like, he's in a different place than his parents. I think that his parents are actively against wizards and racist isn't correct. Prejudice. Prejudice against wizards. Whereas for Dudley, all of his wizard prejudice is coming from his parents. Like, as far as, like, that's how he was raised. He literally treats Harry like he treats any other boy. You could say at this point he treats them better because he's beaten up other kids. Yeah. And he wouldn't dare do this to Harry. Right. Because of what he knows. Now, this also got me thinking in terms of Dudley's overall behavior if Dudley really was this pampered kid and he got everything he needed from his parents I don't necessarily think like if everything were perfect he would go out and be doing these like delinquent activities either there's got to be something going on whether it's maybe it's smothering like I can see that I see smothering very much and also it could be you said at the beginning of the episode the whole like keeping up appearances thing like the rebelliousness like, you know how they're always talking about, like, preacher's children? That's actually maybe even more than the smothering thing. I mean, the smothering thing is part of it. I mean, let's face it. We've spent a lot of time for the last four books in this household. If I got every fucking thing I wanted and still lived in that household, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go break shit. I mean, I'm going to take my two TVs and my video games and everything I fucking want, but also y'all are too much. To a degree, on top of, like, the rebelliousness, 
there's probably a little bit of like I can get away from with things because I've always been able to get away with things. Exactly. My parents are gonna like turn a blind eye to everything that I'm doing. Now, when Dudley does kind of stick up to Harry, which is an interesting thing to say, <laughs> he does kind of like bring up some things that are a little bit more accurate and get to Harry. I think it almost feels like Harry is the bully to begin with. I mean, can you blame Harry? At the I same think time? Harry is instigating it. He's instigating. I don't want to call him the bully in this He's location. Under a lot of pressure. Yeah. He could have just let Dudley oh, yeah. kind of go oh, no. home. Harry provoked this, mm-hmm. but Dudley is a slightly, I'm going to give him more points as a bully than Malfoy. Dudley went hard, though. He's like, who the fuck is Cedric? Yeah, like, why what's are you this about? It's one of those things where there's a line. It's one thing to be like, oh, big D, that's what they're calling you now. You're like beating up small children. What does the D stand for? Yeah. Again, it's not acceptable, but the way he's teasing Dudley is different than when Dudley is like, oh, I'm just gonna go right for the really difficult stuff. And obviously Dudley doesn't know what happened with Cedric. It almost feels like Harry's instigation is more along what Draco does. Mm Mm-hmm. It's true, like, Dudley's pushback onto Harry is a little bit more cutting, a little bit more, like, accurate and real. I mean, I'm not going to commend him for it, because it's no. still shitty, but, but at the very least But I mean, he's a 10-year-old, so... Yes, there you go. <laughs> to offset that. Like I said earlier, this does still show, like, how far he's come in terms of, like, how he can, like, push back and stand up for himself and all of that. Another reason why Harry is potentially, like, instigating this is he has a lot of pent-up Yeah, he really wants to just let it out. Let's be honest. Everybody has done this at some point. They have to, like, lash out at something or someone. And who is Harry going to lash out on? Mm -hmm. Dudley is the easiest one to do. Well, because lashing out at his aunt or uncle is going to cost him physical assault again. Absolutely. You know... Here he is away from them. He can bite at, at Dudley. And also, here's the thing. I know they didn't grow up friends. I know they grew up like with all this rivalry and hatred. But he knows Dudley. Dudley knows him. There's something about it's that. It's something like siblings. Like, it is. It is. And they're more evenly matched now and all of that. It's unexcusable, but it's interesting to dissect it and see that you can almost give both of them the benefit of the doubt. Well, not necessarily, because like you said, Dudley is beating up 10-year-old. Harry probably also just knows better in general. So then this is when they kind of go down this alley. We got some yeah. soul-sucking whores. The way that this comes about is very interesting, and I understand the trajectory of Dudley's recap of this. And of course, Harry has just pulled out his wand because he's been pushed to the point of having his wand out and using it as a threat. However active he planned on being, we don't know. Then suddenly there's no light and these fuckers come along. Dudley is rightfully terrified. Can you imagine, you know, because we watch movies, we've read the books. We know what they look like. We know they're there. But like for Dudley. This is his first like interaction. Harry pulled out his wand. Other than all like, the light went away. Wizard. And, you know, like, we find out later, it's not really specified as clearly in here. Muggles can't see them. Yeah, I guess that is true And that's fucking huge. Like, could you imagine just suddenly, like, feeling all of that and not understanding why? Oh, honey, I have. I mean, yes. It's called depression. But this is so much different, especially for a person that is not living in a state of... Who is not depressed. I think even Harry thinks about it later, like, what would... Dudley have to be the worst thing that's ever happened to him. What would make him feel that way? What is that? That's a good, good point. Know. When he got that pigtail, when his. T- I when, mean, that was also fucking terrifying. I'm when, sure. I mean, probably even worse is when his tongue turned into Vernon's dick. 
transformed into. We're not being that nasty this early in the Literally, <laughs> every interaction he's had with a wizard has been terrifying. So at the end of this whole thing, I'm giving Dudley the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I really think a little truly. bit so too. I mean... I don't like considered, him being a bully, This is but... also the most terrifying thing that I think has happened to him. In like, I mean, this is one of the most terrifying reality. things we've read up to this point in the series, so... We'll get to the movie as well, but I feel like this is maybe the most terrifying up-close interaction with the sheets with a hole. Easily. We'll get more into it, but just from, like, the special effects and stuff, for sure. Now, after all this happens... The... Expecto Patronum. He's like, keep shouting. Harry's like, shut the fuck up. I got Expecto Patronum this shit. Yeah. Don't Vernon on me right now. Like, I got shit to do to save our asses. He saves our asses. And then a Quen emerges. Oh my God. I remember the first time I read this being like, what? Yes. We already got a twist in the first chapter. First fucking chapter, Mrs. Fig. Arabella Fig. And she comes out guns a-blazing. She really like, does. She comes out being like, I'm gonna murder someone. That's right. That's how bad this is. This bitch done fucked up, and I'm gonna scratch his eyes out. And then my cats are gonna do it again. And then Harry's like, what? And the chapter ends. <laughs> the chapter ends. Yeah. We talk about this a lot. These chapters really do have quite an arc in them. And this is no exception. But for it to be the first chapter... And I mean, the second chapter's already, also got some shit. It's fucking nuts. Yeah. We don't have fuck Mary Kill. I'm going to do my headphones. Oh yeah, it's me doing the game. I'm stupid. Yes. yes. Okay. She went to fetch her headphones because we have a new game. As you may recall, in our last chapter episode, Fuck, Mary Kill is not completely dead, but like, we're going to mix it up. Both of us have different games in our arsenal. We're going to test them all out, and then every chapter, one of us will pick it. And it's my turn to do the first game. You have very fancy headphones. I do. They were oh, like 25 bucks Amazon. Yeah, work, girl. She's putting them in because the name of this game is Headphones. So you may have seen this online. She is putting them in and she's going to turn up some music very, very loud so she can actually hear what I'm saying. Then I'm going to read a line from this chapter and she's going to have to guess what it is. So hopefully this will read well on the podcast. I think it has the potential to be very, very funny. Can you still hear what I'm saying? Yes. Okay, cool. Turn that music up, baby. It's up all the way. It is. Can you still hear what I'm saying? I can't hear you. You can't hear me anymore. Are you sure? Spider dick. What, what'd you say? Great. All right. <laughs> ready? I'm ready. Good. Dudley, whose ham-like hands had curled into fists. Dudley? Uh-huh. Did you? I have no idea. Okay. Dudley, whose ham-like hands... Dudley, kiss my ass. What? ...had curled into fists. Are you sure? <laughs> Yep, that's it. Dudley kiss my ass, are you sure? All right, let's try again. Again? Again? Yes. Okay. Dudley who's ham-like fists. Dudley and his ham-like fists? Had curled into fists. (laughs) (laughs) You're so close. I'm really impressed. Dudley and his ham-like fists. Hands curled into fists. And... His fist into fist? You basically got it. Okay. Take him off. Take him off. Take him off. All right. You did actually really, really well. (laughs) Although I do like the guess of Dudley kiss my ass. 
it is what it is, or whatever you said. <laughs> I just uh, was like, well, I know that's what it is, not what it is, but that's what it looks so like. So the correct answer, you got really close, is Dudley, whose ham-like hands had curled into fists. Nice. I've wanted to do something that I had to do with, you know, like smoked meats for the first smoked one. Smoked you know? meats. That's the closest I could get to dick joke in this chapter. We but. try. I'm really impressed for your first try. Like, I cannot read mouths. I don't know if that's necessarily well. true. Like, I really you, were, can't. you read my mouth just fine. <laughs> Shall we talk about the movie? Oh, yeah. So, first of all. Why is the playground in the middle of a fucking cornfield? That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> in the book, it's like he went down Magnolia Crescent and there was a shitty playground there that was torn to shit. <laughs> No, it's across the fucking highway <laughs> in a corner. Harry's like, I'm going to go on a six mile hike to this fucking playground. And it opens up with the mother and, his, and her children being like, it's time to leave, children. Let's go. We have to leave this. We have to walk across the busy highway. It has a merry-go-round and three swings. That's right. That's all. Because <laughs> this same playground, I assume, was in Prisoner of Azkaban. I think it's supposed to be, but they don't right match there, what I think they're supposed to match. There's some continuity problems. Harry's just sitting there on a wing. So once, like, the mother and children left, ooh, here comes Gary Literally just, like, fucking, they appear <laughs> out of nowhere. And Dudley is just berating Harry, which is not what happens in the book at all. No, and then Harry's like, I'm gonna get my wand out in front of all these hoes. Yeah. And all his friends are laughing. They're laughing because they're fucks. And then suddenly, storm. Oh, it's going to rain. And Dudley's like, what did you do? Bitch, it's raining. Right. Have uh, you ever seen uh, Everyone like runs away and Dudley's like, oh. And so they start running. Because they have a six mile run home. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and actually, this totally makes sense. That like tunnel must have been under the busy highway. Yeah, probably. Because actually, at the end, after you expecto Patronus, as you can see the one sheet with the whole like come up around the... Oh, around it, yeah. So that makes sense from a continuity point in terms of where the playground is, but it still doesn't make sense that it's all the way over there. So marginally off topic about the, the tunnel under the road at Walsh, where I went to college, the force comp complex is across the street from the campus for like graduation there's not enough parking and stuff for people to park on the campus side because it's a pretty small university so everyone's parking over on the sports complex and then you have to go under under the road in this tunnel and it, like maple street is not that busy but there's enough people around it and they built this tunnel i have actively gone through that tunnel thinking of this fucking similarly when i went to pride a couple months ago with staff who will make an appearance on this season i ended up being like we should park here and then walk and then we ended up walking four miles because i'm an idiot and so when we were trying to get back to the car we were like we are not walking all the way back if you're familiar with cleveland and edgewater there are now tunnels that go under the shoreway and they lead up to Terrestrial Brewing Company and like Battery Park. And those were not there when I used to live there. Oh, so we okay. were like, oh, these are right here. We should just go through there and then get a lift back to the car once we get to Battery Park. First of all, I was amazed. I was like, holy shit, this is so convenient and amazing and nice. And I wish that this was here when I lived around here. I did get sort of those vibes from the tunnels. This is the tunnel where we get attacked by Dementors. I went through a tunnel like that in Chicago, too. Like, I stayed a couple blocks from Lake Michigan, and I got up early to watch the sunset, and I found this tunnel. And there's some really cool graffiti outside the tunnel, so for whatever reason, that made me feel less creeped out by the tunnel under the road. Oh. I don't know why. 
It was good graffiti. Very well done. I don't know. It was very fancy. It was yeah, very it fancy. It was a fancy title. Since we've read the books, we know that that's where that's going to happen. Like, yeah. we're very aware. We're like, they're standing in the tunnel. Oh, it's going to happen in the tunnel. Okay. Because we know it's coming. But if you haven't read the book, you're like, well, something's going to happen. Yeah. And then the Dementor's like, mm, I'm just going to grab you by the throat. Yeah. And I, when we were watching, I was like, are they allowed to do that? Like, originally, <laughs> are they, allowed they were to just do like... That? wispy motherfuckers floating in the wind and like okay this she with whole lifts apparently well i think i think that dementors do have arms they do have arms we never really like um saw them picking people up and doing that before i think that's what you were kind of in the past they were like they have these like gorganza or something is gorganza the name of a cloth or is that a cheese there was there was a light fabric on top of their grizzly burn victim bodies because that's what we end up seeing is their fucking grizzly like got burned to a crisp in a house fire it is very terrifying and already i'm like okay cool they are using the budget in this movie that they could have used in the maze from the last one Mm-hmm. Yeah, he expected Patronus the shit out of them, and then who comes trotting in here? Mrs. Fig and Miss Fig. It almost looks like she's just like walking in, do, 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 and she's like, "Oh, hello there. There you are, Harry. Don't put your wand away just yet. Ha ha. I speak just like Dumbledore, like very like my brain. She kind of does. I want more like badass. I know because I Mrs. think the Fig. actress feels exactly right. Yeah, I do too. Like I think the way she looks feels exactly right. The fucking plastic thing on her hair that our grandmas all wore. We talked about that too. I know that mm-hmm. everyone listening to this, your grandmas also wore that. It's just how it That's works what to grandmas be a grandma. Did That's in the eighties. Yeah, you know she's always described in the books as being batty. Yeah, she comes off more batty in the movie. In this I don't, chapter, not in this chapter. Like I think that she comes in later. Yeah, when she's just like, nah, bitch, stop. That's you know, literally the last line. The next of the chapter. chapter in the next chapter, she's like, Dudley, get the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah, this chapter ends with literally the line that I'm reading right now from the book is Mrs. Fig said, she rolled her eyes and said, bitch, get the fuck up. I don't know whatever no, you like, said. it's like, you fat fuck, get up. <laughs> That's what it is, yes. But no, Thank like, it's just... me. And then at the beginning of the next one, it opens up with Mrs. Fig crossed her arms crossly and said, what the fuck? I'm going to kill that motherfucking ass dick, Mundugas Fletcher. Mundugas Fletcher, because he fucking sucks. Yes, that's exactly what it yep. is. Yeah. That's that part of the movie. I don't know who wrote these original books, but she just didn't do it justice. No, we, we fixed it. So yeah, the movie, I don't know. I mostly don't like the movie. I especially hate the choice to be like, Harry gets his wand out in front of Dudley's friends. That That's maybe the part that I'm most annoyed by. I think that, for sure, the placement of the playground is very suspicious. I don't like the whole thing of this gang of boys coming after Harry. Because also, like, we get more vulnerability. And some of it in the book, like, you can't translate it to the movie. You can't translate the overthinking necessarily into the movie. But it would be nice for him to be like, I feel abandoned. And you don't get that abandonment feeling because it's important to remember what happens in the last book. I will say this is my favorite opening chapter, though. I think this is a great opening chapter. One more thing I will say about the movie is, while I hate that change, I think they did a nice job of condensing the chapter visually for us. Minus that, as much as I would have loved to see the beginning part, as much as I would have loved more of an explanation of Mundungus Fletcher, some of this has to do in the next some of chapter. That, yeah, some of that's the next chapter. I think that they do a nice job of condensing it. I just, the thing with Harry pulling out his wand in front of those other kids. And, and, and doing very... it to Dudley, I get. Dudley knows. 
house. He actually, I don't think, can get in trouble for that until he does magic. And at the very least, too, like, they get into the suspense of the chapter real fucking fast. I mean, so is the fucking chapter, let's be honest. Yes. But we don't have this kind of suspense in chapters, usually. Right. Not first chapters. Let's get into some points. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot. So I'm giving 15 to Harry. I think that there was a potential for more points, but I do think that he instigated things. And even though, sure, like, if he is feeling a lot of pressure and he's, like, offloading onto Dudley, uh, you didn't really need to do that. So 15 to Harry, because he still, like, saved them from two Dementors, Mm -hmm. and he is feeling very, like, alone on his own island. Of course, I'm going to give 10 to Quen Fig, because, Mm -hmm. come on. She's in she's two sentences, but it's like, oh my god, this bitch is here, and she is a strong Quen. And then I'm taking negative fine from Dudley, Petunia, and Vernon. Dudley, I almost feel like could be reset to zero, but he is being a delinquent. He's destroying this lovely playground, even though if it is on the other side of the highway. <laughs> even if no one actually can get there easily. Yeah, there's some issues there with him that I think we can dive into a little bit more and like unpack. Yeah. Whereas Petunia and Vernon, their ignorance is showing a lot more. I will say, and this may be a precursor for the next episode, we may find one of them, though, not necessarily getting anything to duck moving Ooh. forward. So we'll see. And that's all my points. It's an interesting start to the book because it doesn't feel like any other start of a book. Yes. And you're like, what happens next? It's a good opening. Mrs. Fig is there and she's badass and we've already got new information yes. right away. So we'll see what happens next time in chapter two. A peck of owls. A peck of owls. A lot of owls are going to show up. Well, I guess we don't even need to do the next yeah. episode. Peck of owls. Follow us on Patreon. Instagram and Facebook. And email us. Send us fortune cookies. And wine. In fact, maybe the Patreon-exclusive content from this week has to do with fortune cookies. It could. We like fortune cookies. Perhaps. Do we really like the fortune cookies? I think we really just like the fortunes. That's true, but I don't want somebody to send us a bunch of fortunes. I, I know, like, I want to work for my fortune like, called Crack Open a Cookie that's easy as fuck to crack open. It's not fun to get, like, a whole bag of, like, little papers that say ridiculous things on them. They need to be in the cookie. <laughs> You're not wrong. I, I take it back. I never am. All right, we'll talk yeah. to you next time. Bye! Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Corkery. Edited by me, Adam Bowers. And published by me, Tara Corkery, and available wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please review and rate us five stars on your app of choice. And be sure to share us to all of your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Oh, don't forget to follow us on social media. Sometimes I update that. Basic Snitches on Instagram. Also, we have a Facebook page. And email us anything you want to or specifically answers to our questions on our segments. BasicSnitches at gmail.com. But don't send us dick pics, please. That's nasty. But do send us liquor. Thanks. Yeah. Aloha, Mora. Oh, now people can get into your house. They're on their toe. But they don't matter because now you're a water goblin. Bye. Bye.